This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 9.34 on this Sunday morning. Well, if you're familiar with the Victoria, the Vancouver Island area, you likely will know some of the settings in this book. It takes place in Oak Bay, and the author of What We Once Believed is joining me on the line now. Andrea McPherson, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, tell us a little bit about this. It takes place, as I mentioned, in the Oak Bay area of Victoria, in the summer of 1971, what, what is the main story? Um, at the core, the novel is about an 11-year-old girl named Maybe and the sudden return of her mother, who's been estranged for nine years. But it's also about the other women in her small community and the effects that they face, the um, changes, the implications for their own lives with the second wave of feminism. Mm. Uh, Maybe is a bit of an odd name. How did you come <laughs> up with that one? Um, it actually sprung from a conversation with my daughter, who was three at the time, and just answered a question and said maybe in a, in a kind of sing-song way. Um, and it just suddenly made me think about what would that mean if you named a child maybe. Um, and the, the story kind of sprung from there, the idea that there was always a question mark um, on this particular character via her name and via the circumstances. And and it's a, it's a work of fiction, but how much does it follow or how much is it true to what it was actually like in the summer of 1971 in that area? Well, it's, a, it's pretty fictionalized in terms of what was happening there because it's focusing on these three fictional characters, these women. Um, but the idea of what was happening around the world was fairly heavily researched. So what maybe as a young girl would be looking at on TV and in the news and what would um, be important to her. So she's looking at things like <clears throat> the protests for Vietnam, the second wave of feminism, the fights for equality, and all those things are kind of important to her as an 11-year-old as she's on the cusp of becoming um, a young woman herself. Uh, and then the, the story focuses or, or talks about, as you mentioned, that her mother, her estranged mother, returns. Uh, she mm-hmm. returns, though, with a memoir. She does. Um, and not to give too much away, but it's a questionable memoir. Um, And that was another core idea I had was the idea of story and who really owns your story or someone else's story. So the idea that her mother, Camille, um, writes something that she believes to be her truth and what the truth of her life was, regardless of if it reflects Maybe's life or her mother's life or the other people around her. So that idea that that we all can be part of a story, but we might not necessarily have the same um, viewpoint on that story or have the same experiences within the story itself. Uh, no, to the point, um, I mean, somebody, sometimes two people can be re- referencing the same story and you would sometimes wonder if they're even talking about the same Absolutely. story. If they were in the same place <laughs> at the same time. And, and that fascinates me, the idea then, we also, of course, then think about memory and how, how memory changes our opinions of what happened and how it happened and what the result of that was. Uh, the the characters, uh, just for, from the write-up that I, I read about the book, it, mm-hmm. they seems to be, it, is it an all-female character? There are a few male characters, but the focus is on, um, there's maybe her grandmother that she lives with, then her mother, Camille, who returns, and two, um, they were supposed to be secondary characters, but they decided that wasn't going to happen, of uh, Robin, who is one of Maybe's friend's mothers, and then a woman named Mary Quinn, who's an artist who moves to Lear Street in Oak Bay to get away from um, her past life. And why did you choose Oak Bay, uh, choose a real place as the setting? I have always used real places as settings, 
but in this case, I wanted some place that I was familiar enough with geographically that I could um, speak authentically about it. But I also wanted some place that would feel very insular. I wanted maybe to not be like in um, Vancouver or in a, a big town at the time. I wanted to feel small and close so that it would have that intimacy for the characters themselves, but also so that she would still feel um, a bit of an outsider to the outside world. She's not in the thick of it. She's wishing she was, but she has that distance still to look at the world. And then when her mother returns, having been in these um, busy cities all through, she says she's gone through the U.S., she's gone through Canada, there's that other layer of otherness to her. So she's not from there. She's, not, um, she's no longer a part of their community. She's turned into something else. And, and not to give it away either, but in the book, does it explain why her mother left? Um, no, and that was purposeful because I didn't, I really struggled with not wanting to have to make her, um, apologize for leaving or have some grand epiphany in terms of I came back to be better. Um, I didn't want her to have to be kind of turning into a stereotypical someone who regrets their decisions. I was, I was very clear in my head that that wasn't the character she was. Um, we talk a lot about unlikability in characters, and if that's a good thing or a bad thing, especially with female characters. And I was really conscious of the fact that I didn't know if I wanted her to be likable, because she's made choices that had big effects on many people around her, and she doesn't have kind of remorse for it. So I wanted there to be that edge that she's um, admirable in many other ways, but this is not one of them. <laughs> and uh, I ask, I tend to ask authors this because I'm always fascinated by the answer. Did you know how yeah. the book was going to end while you I- were writing it? I always have a general sense of where it's going, um, but I never know the exact ending to any book that I've written. Um, I I like that kind of surprise in the process of writing to see where the narratives are going to go, where the storylines will take you. Um, It feels more organic to me to work that way and to see where the natural ending appears rather than trying to write towards something I've pre-planned for for the book. It's so interesting that it, that it's so different for everybody because I've talked mm-hmm. to some people who say, yes, I knew what the last sentence was going to be oh, and right. I was writing to that sentence. Yeah. And that's just the same kind of debate about outlining and not outlining. I'm a non-outliner, so it's, a, it's just a very different process that some are more comfortable with the idea of having that kind of structure in place ahead of time and knowing kind of, I guess, the major points you're going to hit and what you're writing towards. Um, that is too restricting for me. I, probably is at my own deficit because things take longer that way, but I've never been able to to kind of follow an outline in the early drafts of a work. And what about the characters themselves? Did they change a lot as you were writing them? Um, maybe didn't change that much because she was kind of the initial touchstone for the piece, but um, Robin and Mary Quinn were not supposed to be major characters at all. It was a, In the first draft, it was just Maybe's story. They kind of existed as... Um, other people in the world, but they weren't central to the story. And by the end, I had realized that kind of they were standing up with their hands in the air saying, we have stories to tell too. Um, and by using them, I could more um, clearly round out the experiences of different women at the time so that we could look at um, there's a neighbor who loses her husband and never has children. There's Gigi who has um, raised her own daughter and then her granddaughter. There's uh, Robin who's kind of struggling with her idea of herself as a mother and a um, stay-at-home mother specifically. And then there's Mary Quinn who is focusing on her art. And then Camille comes in and drops the bomb on all of them. But I wanted to be able to focus on um, those varied experiences and seeing how they kind of worked and bumped up against one another. And what about the title? Did you know what the title was going to be? (laughs) 
this is the first book I've ever written that I didn't know the title, and the first book that has ever gone through multiple titles before we landed on this one, for various reasons. But no, it had, I think, five other titles before um, we wound up selecting this from a piece of dialogue within the piece. That, that's interesting, too, because then you, you wonder, too, how did you know that the, the, fifth, the fifth one was the charm? <laughs> um, it just kind of had that, it felt settled. The other ones always felt like placeholders to me, that they weren't necessarily the exact right title, but they were going to have to work for now. Um, the, the only one that I was more inclined towards before we landed on what we once believed was taken from the epigraph at the beginning of the novel um, called The Chorus, which I liked the idea of the women's voices sounded like a chorus of all the different experiences, but it was a very common title, um, and you always want to avoid that with books, having a book that there's 25 other ones with the same name, so... That one disappeared and stayed as that opening poem, um, but what we once believed worked on many ways for me. It's the idea of, of the past and the future and the present, but also the idea of belief and story and, and how that changes over time. And when, when the book is done and it's out there and you kind of but you hand it over almost to the readers, uh, have you ever written a book and then, then and, and there's nothing you can do at that point, but then thought after, oh, I could have uh, put that character, taken that character that way. Or wish you had done something differently? All the time. It's that never-ending process. Especially, it seems, once it's actually out, then you have that moment of clarity when you go, oh, I forgot about X, Y, or Z. Um, There's always things you could change and always things that you could um, have done differently in the process. But I, I kind of hope to look at it as that was the story as I had to tell it then, um, because you could be revising it until 20 years from now. <laughs> So looking at it as kind of a marker of that moment in time and the story that you wanted to tell, um, they always change after the fact. There's always things you would do differently. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, Andrea, thank you so much. It, found, it sounds like a fascinating story. Thank you so much for joining us to talk thank about it today. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.